Welcome to The Residency, a podcast series from Desenio and the British Council exploring the work of contemporary designers and craftspeople around the world. This episode looks at the work of weaver Michelle Stevens and academic Rachel Kelly and their exploration of traditional weaving techniques in the Philippines. I'm Rachel Kelly, I'm MA Pathway Leader for Fashion and Textiles at Manchester School of Art. I'm Michelle Stevens. I'm an Associate Lecturer at MMU. Uh, I'm also finishing off a practice-based PhD there. We wanted to go, go to the Philippines um, and we wanted to look at developing sustainable, efficient and productive craft practices. Every day we were going to visit a different region visiting different weavers on location, on site, and then it all accumulated in a a workshop at the end of the week, which we facilitated. So if we tell you a little bit about the communities, um, so the communities we visited were the Ifugao, the Manabo, and um, the weavers at Abra, uh, Vegan, and Locos. But each community is completely unique. They have their own... um, systems they have their own rituals um, their own motifs their own yarns their specific patternings uh, the the way that they work on the loom as well varies between region so for me coming in as a weaver that was really interesting to observe and also the reasonings as to why maybe the backstrap loom wasn't as sort of popular as the floor loom in certain areas and things like that there there was a lot of different sort of reasonings behind it too but traditionally they do work on the back shop with the cotton hemp pina uh, and silk and then there are some traditional weavers that work uh, with cotton uh, in the indigenous areas on the floor looms but also there's been the development of synthetic fibers so some of the floor looms that actually produce cloth daily Uh, for regular production I use polyester yarns and they're bought in the local market in Baguio, the city. So the backstrap loom itself, it's originated like probably about 4,000, 5,000 years ago. It is used across the world uh, traditionally but then obviously as looms have developed they have died out because industrialization has happened, you know, in Western culture. But in the Philippines, in the north, it's very specific. They've held on to it because they are so um, passionate about their motifs, the cultural meaning behind their fabrics. So they, they want to keep that traditional way of making and hold on to it. So that's why they're trying to reinvigorate it and that's why we're trying to support them as well so it's very distinctive of that area now because there's not very many areas across the world in which that people use the backstrap loom because everybody wants to produce cloth quicker faster Uh, people want to churn out designs and not think as as much about maybe the surface pattern if you think about over here we produce hundreds of millions of of meters of fabric per week and we don't necessarily have the same cultural attachment to the surface pattern. Whereas over there, every single motif they, they produce on that fabric of cloth has so much meaning, so much meaning. And I think that that was the most enriching thing for myself going over as a researcher and as a, as a weaver, that they really place so much importance on that cloth and where that cloth is used and who can produce that cloth. 
many of the weavers talked about the backstrap loom and how they kind of fit it within their lives because the backstrap loom can be kind of rolled up and pushed to the side of the room it doesn't take up a lot of space. space so the women would would put on the loom and then would be weaving and then they could roll it up and one woman described um, how how valuable she found that because of, of the weather, because of the typhoons. So when when the typhoon season comes and they have problems going out to pick rice, she says she can always weave. And she really she really described how she wanted to, you know, encourage the young people to consider this as a really good way of making a living because you can just pull the we- the loom out. And you can you can get on with some weaving. But also, if it was dangerous and there was a typhoon and your house was hit, you could take it with you and go elsewhere to another space. So it wasn't like it was an enormous floor loom. It was transportable. We, we, we were uneasy about going into these communities and setting up a workshop and kind of imposing ourselves. It's the first time we've met these people. So we, 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 I think we really measured it right by not planning to go in and be like, mm. this is how we do it, you know, yeah. in the UK. So, so we went in and we'd be talking to them and then we sort of just gently introduced them to some ideas around how they could start to possibly write down, document and just think about how to um, pass on the knowledge knowledge of the weaving. And uh, Michelle did a brilliant job of teaching, (laughs) teaching the weavers how to um, draft draft their weave patterns. And, and, And it really was quite magical and and amazingly we just couldn't believe this this is something that had never been done before can i say first of all the workshop on on the friday our final workshop in the university i have never had such a positive and passionate response to a workshop in my career to date and that is it was just phenomenal it was inspiring it was humbling because they are they are so passionate about their culture they want to maintain their motifs their ways of working, they want to find new avenues as well uh, to establish centres possibly in the future. I mean, it was just, it was, it was incredible. I think it was, it, obviously it was the mix of people we had though. We had um, groups from different communities who, we, we, we mixed everybody up on the tables. So different people were speaking to people, you know, weavers were speaking to people from different communities they'd never met before. And it was just such a positive uh, in learning environment we, we through creating that workshop um we had the weavers attending the workshop but we also had representatives from the main textile fair in the philippines we had people from the department of science and textiles who were very interested in 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 the continuation of the project but really importantly we did have representatives from the the textile um departments of the University of the Philippines so we started to slightly talk about education and how some of this learning could 
could be going into mainstream education and, and the sort be. of the matching up of of the uh, community-based learning with more formal learning yeah. as well. So how it could it be translated into their current curriculum? Michelle and Rachel's Crafting Futures residency partnered with the Cordotex project at the University of the Philippines, Baguio. The residency is a co-production between Diseño, the Quarterly Journal of Design, and the British Council, the United Kingdom's International Organisation for Cultural Relations and Educational Opportunities. This episode was based on an original interview by Christina Rapatsky and Oliver Stratford, produced by Chris Jones and edited by Francesca Gregson.